Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Here we go! Hello and welcome to another week of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. And we're back here. This might not be the funnest show that we've done, Scott. It's a tough time for the Adelaide 36ers right now. There's no no point sugarcoating it, but we're not going to hide away from that. There's still a long way in this season to go, so there's still plenty of, plenty of hope ahead. There's a lot to talk about on this show, so there's a lot to dissect. We've got two more games in the NBL Cup to talk about, two more to look ahead to for this week. We've got an unfortunate big injury to discuss. We've got a replacement player that's come in. We've got our new import that's not too far away and probably can't get here soon enough. And we'll have all of our regular segments as well, including this might be the most popular one that we've done yet. Ask the coach with Connor Henry. And it'll be fascinating to see how Connor's feeling about things right now. But that's enough from me. I'm Chris Pike, the co-host. But the only man involved in every NBL championship won by the Adelaide 36ers Scott Ninnis, we, we escaped doing this episode last week because the, the team had bounced back, but this might be a tough one to get through this week. Chris, my enthusiasm has waned a little bit over the last uh, few days. <laughs> uh, all I can say is I'm pretty happy that uh, yeah, the whole podcast thing wasn't around when I was coaching because if, uh, if there was us a coach for Scott Ninnis... Uh, I'm fortunate I didn't have a 44-point loss, but I, I had a, did have a couple of shockers. Uh, I'm not sure what I would have said, so uh, I'll, I'll give... What have, you t- what have you taken my phone call? Of course I would have, mate. Well, well that's easy okay, to say okay. now, isn't it? So pig's ass I would have, but no, no, of course I would have. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like, and credit to Connor that he's, uh, you know, he fronts up every week to, um, y- you know, like, and, and that's hard. Like, I always... Uh, you know, when I was coaching, we, we had to go up to the, uh, we had a post-game function upstairs at, uh, at the old Clipsville Powerhouse, Titanium Arena, whatever it was called at the time. And, uh, you know, there was always a diehards that came up there and uh, win or loss, uh, you know, that, that was our job. You know, there's been a couple of coaches in the history of the club that never went up there after a loss. To me, yeah, that that was a, a really really weak way way out i mean it's easy when you you have a win yeah. you're beating your chest everyone's loving you but uh to front up when you lose and sometimes lose badly i think is testament to uh to a coach and i think it's great that connor was able to do that uh week in week out with us yeah it is absolutely and thanks to sports card world for making that possible so we'll have connor later on the show we'll also have an update on our our player of the year voting thanks to premium wine tours We'll announce another winner of the prize pack with our player of the week, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. And now this this first segment is brought to you by All Star Photos. Check out Kelly Barnes and, and his work at allstarphotos.com.au or get in touch with him at info at allstarphotos.com.au and whatever sort of a basketball sporting club you are, whatever age group, he'll, he'll be sure to, to help you out with action shots or team shots or portrait shots, whatever you need. But um, we can't... We can't delay it any longer, Scott. We had two more games in the in the NBL Cup for the 36ers last week, and the way both games started was pretty similar. The game against Melbourne first up was pretty horrible, 36-10 to 10 early in the second quarter, but I thought it was a, a great character check from the team to bounce back the way they did, and, and they actually gave themselves a chance to win. We got within four points late in the game, and, and I thought there was a lot of positivities to take out of that. Um, that was all blown away pretty quickly in the game against the New Zealand Breakers, and... 
Yeah, unfortunately, it started similarly and never turned around. And as you said before, 44-point result in the end um, against a team that had been really struggling. Um, before we, I guess, go into a bit more specifics about each game individually, how did you come out feeling about, about both oh, games? Oh, mate, it was devastating. I mean, it's... it's uh, you know, the Melbourne United game, I mean, you know, not too many people would have given us a chance in that game. I mean, that's the best team in the competition. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, poor first quarter. And that happens. And, and, and you see that, you know, it's not uncommon to see a team uh, you know, not perform well in the first quarter, but always find a way to come and come back into the game, which we did against United. The fact that that didn't happen against the Breakers was, you know, what was uh, was as bad as bad as I, I can remember from a 36 a team. So, uh, yeah, mate, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure what to say. I'll, look, let, let, let's... I mean, let's get straight to the point. I mean, that game against the New Zealand Breakers, we had a team that was not up to NBL standard. I mean, that was as piss poor as effort as you can ever see... Yeah, you know, and especially, especially I think because you have you have that bad quarter the previous game. So you know, if that doesn't fire mm. up to come out and play with some aggression and, and play with some, you don't necessarily have to be up at quarter time, but you know, to come out with that a similar, I, I guess, insipid effort is it was really really disappointing. And, and Connor must be and Jamie must be just tearing their hair out. Uh, but then not yeah. to uh, not to put up a whimper of the rest of the game uh, was you know it, it'd be interesting to see how that game plays in this on this psych. And, and once again, we get to see that tomorrow night uh, you know against Illawarra. But uh, mate, I, I guess the well, I was going to say the less said about that game, the better. But you have to address it, you know. Like I, my my last year, we we lost two games. Where we were four points up with twenty seconds to go with the ball, uh, and lost both those games. Once against the Melbourne Tigers at home, once against the New Zealand Breakers uh, in New Zealand. And as a coach at that point in time, we just tried to not sweep. Well, we addressed it, but we tried to sweep it on the carpet and move on to the next game. But what we didn't do was address how that damaged us psychologically. And every time we got into a close game after that, we could be up by three or four or whatever. We we lost every game. Like we just we just we didn't deal with it, what it did to us mentally. And uh, and that that's difficult now when you don't have much of a turnaround. It comes back to the group to be able to address it and go. What are we going to do about this? And, and I guess, you know, one of the things when you look at the current 36er team, one of the things that worried me before the start of the season is, who is that guy? Who is that one person in the team that is going to go, when things are going pear-shaped, you know, and as they, they have in the last couple of games, that is going to mm. drag all those players to get together and go, you know what? We are not getting scored on this next play. The next person that drives to the basket, we're going to drop them, you know, and, and take them out and make a stand here. We are going to, we are not going to put up with this anymore. And I just don't know that the thirty sixes have that play. You know, they they have talent, obviously, but you know, who's that tough bastard in that team who's going to be able to drag those guys together and say we're making a stand here? Yeah, you know, and we can't let this happen. And I, I think that's been pretty obvious in the last couple of games. I don't know what the answer is, but uh, you know, we we just have to hope for a better showing against Illawarra. We'll come back to the New Zealand game, but 
after the Melbourne game, because from probably for the last, I don't know, 28 minutes of the game, the 36ers were the best team on the court in that game. That was against a really good Melbourne team. Obviously, giving up a 36-10 start is always going to make things tough, but... No, I think they outscored them. They outscored them by by a lot. I think it was sixty three to forty six for the rest of the game. They took three points in the NBL Cup. I mean, so they won the last three quarters. After that game, were you feeling okay? Did you actually feel like they could take a lot of points? I was. I game? mean, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. You know, like we, you know, the pressure's off after the first quarter, so it's it's easy to play that way when things, mm-hmm. you know, when you get a bit loose and, yep. and as you know, the dominant team, you can can take your foot off the pedal and you can, uh, that that is easy to do subconsciously, even though you, you're not a, not necessarily aware of it. And basketball, as you know, is such a game momentum mm. that if the momentum swings about you, it's very, very difficult sometimes to get that back. But yeah, to get that close to United after such a poor first quarter, I thought gave them a, a great lead in. Well, you haven't gone in and got your ass kicked. We now have an opportunity uh, to move forward in the next game, um, but then New Zealand, we, we I think we, you know, one of our weaknesses is we don't have a lot of speed and athleticism, and you know some of these players in the league, and this is what has shown, uh, have always given us trouble. I'm I'm petrified of what what Bryce Cotton might do to us uh, <laughs> in a couple of games, but you know, I, you know, you come up against New Zealand, who are the worst team in the competition, and to me, play a horrible style of basketball game. I mean, you know, to, to, you know the, the Webster's tonight, uh, as we saw, you know, play, you know, got their teammates involved. They took 27 shots together, not 44 shots like they did a couple of games ago. Yeah. You know, they, they have talent to be able to win those games. But, uh, you know, we just let them do what they wanted to do and, and without any repercussions. I, I, I just, uh, you know, I... I I think back about some of the people that I, uh, you know, was involved in and played with in the Mark Davises of this world and, and the Rupert Sapwells and uh, some of these guys. A little guy <laughs> is not going to be allowed to do that to you. And if he comes down the lane and he's, he's, he's giving you a bit of an ass kicking, you're going to be sat on your backside as well. And, and we, just, <laughs> we just did not, did not have any... We didn't do anything. We let them shoot open shots. We we let them mm. penetrate, and uh, oh, I just uh, it was it was devastating. And 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 I, I know Connor would be feeling that. I know the team would be feeling that. Any and I may have mentioned this before. I mean, you know, the, a lot of the teams I've involved in, I was very fortunate enough to play in some really good teams. If you got beaten. You did not want to. The next game, that's not the team you wanted to play. You yeah. know, like that, because they yeah. were going to come out and be ruthless, and uh, you know they were not going to lose the next game. Now, yeah, you know, it's it's this bubble thing is is like nothing we've ever seen before. Uh, I think we've seen this with with the games. I mean, you just you can't predict anything at the moment. I I, I just hope the yeah you know, the the team's got a chance to get some rest. You know, because they did play four games in seven mm. days. That's to me, that's not an yeah. excuse. But now they've had a bit of a chance to have a bit of a break, come out, play an Illawarra team that's that's not travelling all that well either. But this is a Brian Gorgian coach team who are going to be. You know, they're going to be up and in defensively. Uh, we're going to have to come out. They play with a lot yeah, of energy, we're, and we're going to have to we're going to have to match that early um, to be in a chance to win that game. Have you ever seen a first quarter like that? Scott, I mean, it was a fourteen to zero start from the Breakers. Went on to be seventeen and two. Was thirty two to six by by quarter time. The Sixers shot two of fourteen for the 
for the quarter, had six turnovers. Have you seen a first quarter like that? I've never before? seen anything like that. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I mean, that that was just uh, <laughs> it was astonishing. I actually I actually googled worst loss in thirty six of history. It, it came up where apparently we lost to Brisbane by forty eight points. Uh, I, I don't remember when that was or what it, what era that was, but Google not it wasn't necessarily true. But it's it, but even <laughs> it couldn't have been worse than that. I mean, you know, to be down by twenty six points at quarter time, and you know, to not make any inroads whatsoever. Um, the 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 only positive out of that game was to me was Jack McVeigh. You know, like he, uh, I, yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen him. Uh, uh, injected a little bit earlier, you know, to come out and have 16 points in that second quarter was great. It was terrific. I mean, Jack, Jack is a guy who's going to make things happen. He's he's going to bring energy. He's going to do. He's just going to play his style of game. You know, it, it doesn't always work out well, but it's always coming from a energy based uh, performance. And to me, that 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 was really exciting to see. I mean, he he'll be as grumpy as anyone because. To him, it's it's all he's a team first type of guy, and and mm. I guess now with Isaac Humphreys out, he's going to get to play more. Like I, I, I uh, yeah, they'll start they'll start Keanu Pinner tomorrow night, and that's another conversation we need to have. I mean, he, yeah, he hasn't played well. I don't think there's any way of dancing around that subject, but I'm pretty sure they'll start him tomorrow night, and and I think that's probably. Well, Have I think it's probably the right way to go. I mean, if you start Jack at the four, you're undersized. Then you suddenly lose that energy, that six-man guy that's coming off the bench. Um, but Pinder needs to step up. I mean, there, there's no, there's no question of that. And when you're having, you know, you know, when you're having going through one of those periods as a player, you just have to get back to the basics. You just have to go. You know what? I'm going to come on the court here, and I'm going to rebound the ball. I'm going to defend without making stupid fouls. Anything that happens at the end of the end of the quarters is uh, is a bonus, but I just have to get the basics right. You know, like you know, he's six foot nine. He's an athletic guy. He's not not performing well. You know, everyone's calling for his head. Everyone's calling for him not to play. He's going to get a chance to start the game. What he can't do is come on, stick his hand in the cookie jar, get two early fouls, and then the coach lose confidence and he doesn't play for the rest of the game. Here's an opportunity. If I if I was him, I would, tomorrow night I'd be going. You know what? I'm going to get ten rebounds tonight. I'm going to play 25 minutes a game or, or whatever it is. I'm not going to make stupid fouls. You know, if I pick up you know a couple of couple of points offensively from setting pick pick and rolling the bars or getting in the mm-hmm. right spot, that's a bonus. But yeah, we obviously uh, yeah we obviously need something from him. He's and and, and, he, and he's a he's a good kid. Like I yeah we as we talk about, Mars and I would deal, have dealt with him uh, you know over the last several months, and uh, it, it's difficult when you when you're that far down in confidence to know what to do, and that you just have to go back to the absolute basic and not try and do anything uh, you know over the top. Just go back to what you do well. What was he? Let's get off track for one quick second. What was his dad like to play against? Oh, tough as hell, not tidy. Oh my <laughs> god, he uh, yeah, he he was. Uh, I saw him dominate Mark Davis Apollo Stadium, which no one ever yeah. did, and dunk all over over Mark on on a number of occasions, and he had so much talent and sheer brute and raw power. 
uh, he he was incredible. Like he he was, mm. you know, and that um, you, you know that uh, I, I talked about earlier. The, you know, the team that I was with the Spectres when we lost to Perth in '91 with, uh, you know, yep. Pinder and Crawford and uh, you know, the, what what a front line. No, just 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 outstanding. Mm. And uh, and he had a nasty streak too, old Tiny. Like. Uh, Yep. You know, I, yeah. uh, I I was fortunate enough to sneak a Duncan in one time, and the next time, next time oh, down, wow. uh, you know, I, I cut cut the basket, and I he flattened me <laughs> like a like a pancake. He, uh, and uh, you go, well, uh, yeah, he had some, he had some uh, toughness, but yeah, incredible ability. That uh, yeah, he was a uh, he was tough. He was he was a really really mm. very very good player in this league. Now, you mentioned Isaac Humphreys. Um, his injury was almost worse than the actual actual game result in a, in a lot of ways because of how good and how dominant he's been so far this season when he's up and firing at both ends of the floor. And he's going to be out for a long time. He's going to be out for at least six weeks, it looks like, with that, that foot injury. That wasn't the icing on the cake that we needed to no, hear. No, and uh, look, you, you take it two ways. You go, well, one, yeah, that's devastating. You know, let, let's pack up and, and you know, dull this season in. Yeah, and he was. He was an incredibly important part of uh, this team. The other point of it is, you go, okay, now other people have opportunities, and, and it's it's oh. and that's the nature of the beast, you know. Like, you know, you're gonna have injuries. You manage injuries. Sometimes you get unlucky with them. You know, this just seemed to be an unlucky injury. Well, now it gives us an opportunity, I think, to go. Well, the focus now, the team is completely back to Daniel Johnson. You know, he's the focal point of this team. But it gives, as we said, it gives Pinder, Pinder opportunities. It gives um, Jack McVeigh more minutes. You know, it might give uh, the young fella Holland some some opportunities too. You know, there, yeah, there's, you know, it's the whole glass half full, glass half empty thing. Like, what? Well, it's happened. Like, there's nothing we do with it. You can just go, you can drop your head and go, well, that's it, we're done. Or you can go, okay, mm. no. Bugger that! We're gonna we're gonna make the make the most out of this, and uh, turn this into a positive and get, give other people opportunities. I, I think it's. Oh, I'm also worried, obviously. Like I'm a realist as well because because <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. we we don't have you know we don't have the depth of a, a Melbourne United or and some of these other teams as well. Um, you know it will give you know minutes will flow on. You know does it come to a tease? Does it come to a Dylan? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what way Connor's thinking with this. But yeah, obviously it's a huge hole. But you know, it is what it is. It's happened. He's out. You know, we don't know the severity of the injury because you know, they haven't let a lot out about it. But we move on, yeah. and we can't just we can't just go. Okay, well, we just now have to wait till Brandon Paul comes in. We can't wait till Isaac Humphries comes in. The team is what it is now. So, you know, suck it up, mm-hmm. come out, play with the right intensity and keep the season alive. Mm. Absolutely. Now, we do still have our player of the year voting to give after those two games, Scott, which might have been a little bit of a challenge this week, but there's a big prize on the, on the line for the end of it, thanks to Premier Mind Tours, where the winning player will win a tour for four with Premier Mind Tours and one of our lucky listeners will also win a tour for four. So there's a lot riding on these these votes each and every week. So the votes, thanks to Scott Ninnis, yourself, and Brett Maher, against Melbourne United, Josh Giddy with the three, 
Daniel Johnson two, Jeremy Kendall with the one, and then <laughs> then against New Zealand, a little bit more challenging, it's fair to say. But Jack McVeigh, I think quite clearly the three votes. Daniel Johnson never stopped trying as he as he never does. Got the two, and Brendan Tees tried to to lead from the front and tried to do to do something out there. He got the one vote. So that means on the leaderboard, we've now got DJ out on 24, and he's ahead of, of Isaac Humphreys on 20, and you would think that lead's going to grow now a little bit, but Josh Giddy within striking distance on 13, Sunday Detch on 10. A um, little bit more challenging, Scott, but this is still well, a prize that's well and truly worth worth winning, so we've, we've got to... Challenging doesn't even begin to describe <laughs> trying to give votes for these two games, Chris. Oh my God! Like it was, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was just, uh, uh, you know, it was like, well, who who wasn't the worst player on the court? It was, it was. Uh, I'd really struggled in in both these games to uh, to give votes because it's uh, yeah, it's when you're up and about and, and you've got you know five or six players doing well and you have that problem giving votes. That's that's awesome. That's that's good fun. But. Uh, yeah, when there when there's guys that you know when no one plays well, it's uh, it, it's a difficulty, and uh, it, and that's uh, I guess that's where we are with this now. But uh, anyway, the votes have been made, and uh, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to look after someone on a wine tour at the end of the end of the season. Uh, love it to be a draw, maybe a three way tie, and then uh, take them all on one. But uh, yeah, all, all, yeah. We just need we just need to get back on track, don't we, mate? Yeah, we we do. Now, Scott, it's your favourite time of the show this week. It's time for our Australian Motors Mitsubishi Player of the Week award. We've put it out to the to our listeners to vote again, and a narrow one this week. Obviously, a little bit tough, but between the players to choose out after the way the two games went. But we we ended up putting up Daniel Johnson and Josh Giddy, and it was a close one. Josh Giddy almost his first Player of the Week award, but it was DJ once again got the best of the fans' votes. Thank you to everyone who voted, whether it was across Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, or if you haven't voted yet, just check us out on one of those social media accounts. If you don't follow us already, just search Sixers Fix and you'll find us, and make sure you cast your vote every week because this prize pack from Australian Motors Mitsubishi is well and truly worth winning. Thank you to the great, great guys there, of course, at Australian Motors Mitsubishi for supporting us here on Sixers Fix. And, Scott, it's that time of the show again where we put the names in the hat, we have a drum roll, and we will reveal the winner of the prize pack once again this week. So here we go. And here we go, the lucky winner, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi, the prize pack for this week on our Player of the Week award is Thomas Webb. So thank you very much, Thomas, for voting. We'll get in touch with you about getting the prize pack to you. And thanks again to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Let's take a deep breath, Scott. There's been a lot to get through in that in that first segment. So when we come back, we'll hear from Connor Henry on the Ask the Coach segment, and then we'll be back to have a look at the two games ahead this week and wrap up the show. Okay. 
Okay, big thank you to Connor Henry for joining us here back on Sixers Fix. Thanks to Sports Card World on our Ask the Coach segment, and we've got we've got a few questions to get through, Connor. And a lot of a lot of fans are have got some questions about about the team and some players, and we'll get to that shortly. And I'll I'll leave that to the fans to to I guess um, do do those more more sort of specific type things, but. From my point of view, I've I've known you for a long time now, Connor. Obviously, we we lost, we didn't, you know, always keep in touch over the last ten years. But I first met you thirteen years ago when you were in Perth, and I've always had an enormous respect for you. I've always liked you. And I'm not saying that to suck up to you because I've got nothing to gain from doing that. I'm just just you know, <laughs> just saying how I feel. But I mean, this has been a a lot of people are talking about how tough things are for the players right now and everything you're dealing with. And but this has been a it's been a hell of a past past 12 months for you. You had to obviously move across the other side of the world. And just because you've moved to Australia once before, um, it was, you know, 10 years ago now, it's a, it's a big move. You had to do it without your family. You're now going through all of these challenges. I mean, I I just can't start this any other way, but checking in on you. How, how are you going right now, Connor? You know, Chris, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, all things considered, you know, coaching is a, a, a wonderful profession. Uh, I've been very lucky to... Um, have coaching positions uh, over the last 12 or so years, uh, sometimes more frequent than others, but still involved in basketball. So these roller coaster uh, ups and downs periods can, can happen. And, um, you know, you throw in a, a, a worldwide pandemic mm-hmm. and uh, traveling around the world, um, getting situated with a new team, being very lucky to land in South Australia where, the number of COVID cases, like in WA, are, are very minimal to other places and especially around the world. So I'm a lucky guy. Um, I've got a good team. Uh, we're a little bit beat up physically right now, and and, uh, and and we've got games coming down the track pretty quick here. But uh, all in all, I'm, I'm up and uh, sun's shining, and uh, it's a new day, and we're, uh, we're working really hard to win some games. So we've got a game, a uh, very important game tonight against the Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for that. And it's good to hear, good to hear you're going well. Um, just quickly, actually, I, I'm curious, how are you going with your family? Have you been able to stay in touch with them? Do you, have you been able to, able to sort of stay close to them as much as you can while being separated? Oh yeah. Um, you know, my son, he's, um, <clears throat> he's 21 right now. Mm. Um, but he's, you know, he's still calling FaceTiming me two or three times a day just uh, in his life um, going down his daily track and whether he's at the gym or whether he's at home um, watching the NBA or hanging out with his buddies, he's always calling. Um, so we're really close. Um, I'm trying to get him over here when I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd love to be able to come for possibly the last couple of months of the season. Mm-hmm. So we're working on that, but it's, it's difficult to get, yeah. as you know, people over from 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 the states, there's quarantine issues and flight issues. There's not a lot of flights mm-hmm. coming, and and of course the visa um, requirements. So, but he's doing good. Uh, my father, who's 89, um, excuse me, he's who's 90, just turned uh-huh. 90 a couple of days ago, yeah. um, is uh, is doing well. Uh, we've kept him uh, pretty much isolated from everything, um, just strictly around the family there in in, in Claremont in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so he's getting on and, and my sisters are, my sisters are all well. So, um, you know, we've, we've been lucky. We haven't been directly affected, uh, by COVID and, um, we're very fortunate. Okay. Onto the, onto the team before I get to the listeners questions. It's been a, it was a, obviously not an ideal, 
ideal game against the New Zealand Breakers. What have the what have the last couple of days been like with the group, and have you been able to both freshen up, but also, I guess, get a little little bit of work in on the court? Exactly. Um, we um, we gave the boys uh, two full days off, and um, and then really the last two days we've had. Uh, very good training sessions um, mixed in with some rest and some physio appointments and massage and ice cold baths and, and just trying to freshen up physically because uh, I think we were beat up uh, four, four games in seven days. Um, not to make any excuses. Um, everybody was in the same boat, um, but we needed these two days. And I think um, based on the last two training sessions, I think we'll play We'll play really hard and, and play together tonight against the Hawks. Very good. Okay, um, let's get to what some of our fans have sent in. And to be honest, let me make clear these are these are the fans' questions, not mine. So don't don't sure. don't blame me for, me for some of them. But Jason Crowell is first up. Um, he's asked: Is there a different vibe around the team when they go into a game as favourites? We seem to play better when no one gives us a chance and. The couple of games we have gone in in as favourites, and, and maybe that was you know a good example of that against the Breakers. We seem to get wiped off the floor. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't really think that uh, that possible um, uh, perception is the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of it has to do with um, the amount of rest you get, the amount of recovery, um, the preparation going into a game. Um, who's firing, um, who's not firing well. Um, and it, it also relates to the other team's physical health and where they're at um, as they're tracking through the season. I think it's just fallen uh, into that kind of perception at times. Um, we were also very ready um, just to, because it was our first, he referenced the Brisbane game, it was our first game really getting out on the road together. Um, we had been at home for such a long time and. Uh, uh, we we seem to come together on that road trip and um, and play with great intensity and focus and um, and we got the win up in Brisbane. Okay, Kyle Wood is up next and he's asked, with the up and down season so far, how long until you think we'll see your style of gameplay in more consistent stretches? I understand it takes time to gel and learn, etc. Yeah, good question. Um, you know, it is a young group still. Yep. Um, We've only really been together playing all of us for about four months now. Um, some new faces. That being said, uh, I wish we were a little bit farther along um, in our consistency because um, we have had stretches where we've played some good ball on both ends of the floor. So um, we just have to work incredibly hard uh, on the process, um, holding guys accountable um, on both ends of the floor on how we want to play. And then we have to remain healthy, of which um, with Isaac going down, we're now going to change uh, quite a bit and have to play a little faster, um, a little bit more up-tempo. So we'll see how we go. Just, just on the back of Isaac going down, obviously it naturally means you know more more time for Keanu Pinder, and you would think Owen Holland's get a chance as well. So Nate Turner has asked, does the coach have a little worry about the way Pinder is performing? He just looks a little lost out there. And then could we see Hollands take some of his minutes, even though he's only a DP? Maybe that, that whole scenario changes a little bit now without, without Isaac, obviously. Yeah, with, uh, with Ice going down, um, we have a void at the, at the bigs. So Keanu will step in uh, in that starting role. 
uh, Owen will be a backup, so Owen will see some minutes, and then we'll also play we'll also play small um, with Jack McVeigh at the four, and then we resign. Well, we didn't resign. We we just signed Jack Purchase, Melbourne kid here, who we really like. Uh, has fit in nice with the group, and really really can stretch the, stretch the floor. Is a very very good three point shooter. So um, it's really all hands on deck now with Isaac uh, gone, which which means we can play. Um, smaller um, and see how we go with that. Um, but Owen's on call. Owen knows that he's going to uh, most likely get some minutes and, um, and Keanu, we're going to, we're going to rely on Keanu to elevate his game um, and get some more minutes. So hopefully he can get into, into a good rhythm. Mm, very good. Um, Andrew Thompson also had a similar question about Owen and, and Keanu, but the second part of his question was with the new import, obviously that's Brandon Paul arriving is there a chance that we keep Kendall as support for Giddy and release Crocker, or is, is that a decision that's already been made or will be made when when Brandon becomes available? You know, there's been no uh, discussion about that, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're focused on on keeping Croc and adding uh, and adding Paul. We like that athleticism and that defensive aspect of the club. So um, the other guys will have to uh, shoulder some more of the re- ball handling responsibilities. Um, but we'll have, we'll have Kendall here now for uh, a number of games going forward. Sure. And look, y- y- you never know what can happen. There's always injury concerns, and and um, we like Jeremy within our group. Uh, maybe there's another role for him somewhere. Maybe as uh, maybe not as a player, but at least in the group and um, and helping. But um, no real decisions have been made. I guess on the back of that, Luke Graham's question is about Alex Madronio as well, and if. If, if Jeremy does move on up when Brandon gets here, I guess um, he's the one that might be able to get a couple more minutes to back up Josh. And, and Luke Graham has asked, he seems to be an awesome teammate, always brings spark and energy when given an opportunity. Will he see some, some more minutes? We know we have Mud um, yeah. always in, in that backup role and has, and he's played some quality minutes um, in the brief minutes that he's gotten. So, um, again, uh, with Isaac going down um, and we would like to increase the tempo and play a little faster. I think Mud's going to get some minutes going forward here. And um, Again, I talk to the guys all the time about uh, you never know. It's a long season. Stay ready. Um, get your work in and, and always be ready to get in when, when your name's called. Okay, last one comes from The Foss, and he's, uh, he's asking about Josh Giddy. So what's the plan to help out Giddy in those games where he's youth shows and we need someone to settle the ship for three to five minute blocks to stay in games that start to get away from us and I think if anyone watches the games the way that you handle Josh is, is fantastic but yeah that's the question question from the FOSS yeah and it's uh you know we have to we have to manage those moments when um uh, the team's play maybe starts to to falter or go sideways a little bit and we're continually working with Josh and he's doing a great job of trying to understand those type of situations and Sometimes I can take him out for a minute or two and then put him right back in and he's settled and he's doing fine. And other times it's really about maybe just getting him off the ball initially. And then when he comes back, when the play comes back to him, he's in a little bit better scenario uh, on the floor where, where he can create for himself or for others. Um, and that's the big key. So we're working on both those scenarios with Josh and, and he's improving daily. So we're really pleased. Yeah, excellent. Um, and just finally from Lee, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, he asked about when are you going to take your first tech foul for the team? And very quickly on the weekend, he was he pointed out that you did get your first one. So that came in from Lee as well. Not really a question, more a comment, but 
he was very quick to notice. Yes, <laughs> we, um, were, we weren't tra- we weren't tracking too well, so uh, technical was warranted. I think. <laughs> I don't think anyone could could argue, but but we're we're fully supportive of you here, Connor. We're we're looking forward to tonight's game against the Illawarra Hawks. We'll be cheering you on, and thanks thanks very much for joining us. And let's hopefully do it again next week. And we've got a couple more wins to talk about. Appreciate it, Chris. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, back on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and I'm back back with Scott. Thanks to Connor for giving up his time on that. Probably the most challenging Ask the Coach segment we've done so far this season. But now, let's try to try to look look ahead positively, Scott. Thursday night against the Illawarra Hawks at the NBL Cup, this is a chance to bounce back despite, you know, how bad those last two games were. The Hawks have been, have been struggling. We marvelled at how good they started the season under Brian Gorge and won their first four games. They've been struggling since then. They've lost five of their last seven. And funnily, funnily enough, it seems to have coincided with getting more talent on the court. So Cam Besto and Deng Adele have come back, but that seems to have upset their chemistry a little bit and they haven't been clicking. Um, let's hope they don't click now on tomorrow night. Well, it's funny. We, we talked about it earlier. You know, when you've got a narrow rotation and everyone start, starts to get the minutes... Yeah, that they used to. We, we saw that with Cole Adam tonight. When you start getting the extended minutes, you play more confidence. All of a sudden, you have a lot of players who all expect court time. It's it's not always that easy. It's in fact it's yeah. in fact it could be a struggle. And uh, I I think it's uh, yeah it's, it's difficult. Yeah, you, know, you, you get an Illawarra team. You know that that has. Uh, you know, as a bright coach by Brian Gorge, and they ha- they're obviously going to be a defensive orientated, but they also you know has some uh, incredible perimeter shooting. Um, I once again, who the hell knows? <laughs> like, what what's going to happen? It's uh, it's it's one of the, one of the great mysteries. I do what I do like about you know from a thirty six point of view is that uh, you know we need the Melbourne Uniteds and the Perth Wildcats to keep winning because they are going to make the playoffs. I mean, there's mm. the Melbourne United. Obviously, I laugh at the people that have written off Perth every year, and I've said mm-hmm. it in most podcasts. They're going to make the playoffs because they do every year, thirty plus. So, so, yeah. and and now New Zealand could become a bit of a spoiler and start knocking off some teams. So. The opportunity is still there for the 36ers. I mean, obviously, you know, they have to put the last week behind us and develop some consistency because when you have the ups and downs that we're having at the moment, that doesn't translate to being a, a playoff team. But, you know, I, you know, some of the teams are going to do the right thing and this is what this bubble is, is going to do. You're going to see some anomalies. <laughs> You're going to see some things you wouldn't normally expect. So... If we can get this back on track, and tomorrow if there's no better opportunity than tomorrow night, an Illawarra team that's been down a little bit as well, I, in no means is, is it going to be easy. They, you know, they they're going to be tough. They're going to be up and about. They're going to be ready to play, and we're going to have to match them for intensity and be ready to come out. And and if we're not, after not just the last game, but you know, even the way we started the game before. Well, then there's going to be questions asked. So, oh, look, I hope we bounce back. You know, like I, I hope some of those players that we've spoken about a little bit earlier 
come out and draw a line in the sand and go, you know what, we're not going to be bullied anymore, we're going to come out, we're going to be tough, we're going to be ruthless, and we're going to do our thing. Now, if we come out and we in that sort of uh, mindset and we lose a game, you know, I don't have a problem. But if mm-hmm. we don't come out in that way and we lose, well, then, then there is, is questions to be asked. So uh, uh, let's, uh, let's see how we go. Now, there's not much we can say about Saturday night against Cairns except that a hell of a lot's going to depend on what happens in these first games for both teams because the Taipans have been struggling as well. They've, they've now lost three in a row again. They're on bo- the bottom of the ladder. They're three and nine. Um, so they they have a, a really important game first up on, on Thursday as well against Sydney and then they take on, obviously Adelaide takes on the Taipans on Saturday. Um, I guess depending on what happens now in this first game, that's a huge game now for, for both teams. Well, it's just a must win. It's, it's just a, the game, you yeah. know, as, as, as the uh, you know, as the, as the season moves on and we start to see, you know, some gaps in, you know, the, the haves and the have-nots and who's winning games, who's losing games. That's just a game that just has to be won. Uh, uh, look, I, I, you know, I, I didn't quite get, and I know we spoke about it like very, very early on pre-season. Yeah, you know, DJ Newball was such a big out for this team, mm. and they just don't have the depth uh, to, yeah. in my opinion, to be a contender. And I think that's that's being shown now, easy in hindsight. But I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did say it before the season started <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, you did. Uh, they, they, uh, that's just a game where you just, you just got to get on Machado and not let. Which, which teams have been going pretty well. You, you know, like he's, he's a great player in this league. He's a star in this league. Um, you know, you have to let someone else beat you. You know, because I, I don't think if you, you know, if you have to rely on some of the other names in that team. I don't think they could beat you on the, by their own. And and if they do, and they have a career night. Or you just go well, okay. Well, someone beat us other than the stars. So, yeah, I, I never like looking forward to to a, you know two games ahead. But I mm. now that I'm not coaching, I guess I'm going to do that. It's, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to not have to worry about. Uh, uh, but yeah, that, look, that Cairns game is uh, is a must win. Um, and I, I think the Illawarra game once again, you know, the mental side of the game is is such as strange and complicated thing. If we if we have our heads right and we come out against Illawarra and we go bang, bang and have two wins, well, we're back on the right side of the ledger again. Oh, absolutely. But it's, yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't like to, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be putting any of my hard-earned, hard-earned dollars on uh, probably any game at the moment. <laughs> the other thing that has been a development in recent days since Isaac Humphrey's injury that we haven't talked about is that I think credit to the 36ers for moving so quickly. They signed Jack Purchase as a injury replacement player. You would know his dad, Nigel, pretty well. Um, it's probably going to be tough for him to come in and have an immediate impact, but at least he provides another another big body. Well, I don't think he's... He, you know, he's obviously not replacing Isaac, and, I, and I've seen some of the comment, comments about, you know, we're bringing him, him to replace Isaac. Well, of course we're not. Look, you have to have someone mm. who basically is in Melbourne... You know, to, yeah. to be available to play. Um, exactly. You know, uh, I've also seen other comments about, 
you know, maybe we should have brought in David Anderson. Look, maybe the club asked him. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, mm-hmm. not aware of the ins and outs and what's happening behind the scenes as far as that goes. I have a feeling if, if, if we were going to see Anderson by now, I think we would have seen him pop up somewhere by now. You, would, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? So, you know, yeah. so Purchase is going to come in. He's going to be insurance. You know, like, you know, he's, he's a big guy who shoots the three. A great pedigree with his old man. And, and Nigel was... Mm-hmm. Uh, just to go off track a little bit, you know, like Warwick Giddy, like those guys, you cannot understand the importance of what those guys were to the success of those Melbourne Tigers team. Because you had, you know, you had Gaze Copeland, you know, like that two, one of the best duos in, in the NBL history in their successful years, in their championship years, you had the best centre in the NBL history as well with Mark Brackey. So you need a facilitators and purchase and giddy the way that they could distribute the ball. And I was involved in teams that just stood off them because they weren't perimeter shooters, which was the most ridiculous thing of all time because they could just pick you to pieces with their passing. You know, the teams, mm. the teams like this, let's put pressure on them, make them put the ball on the ground, make them try and be scorers. Yeah, you had success against them, but uh, so yes, yeah, so I did go off track there. But yeah, Nigel and and, and Waza were like incredible role players. Yeah, two of the best role players that you could ever come across. But no, like Jack will fit in, and once again, I, I'd imagine that you know we'll go with Pinder as a starter. We'll bring McVeigh in at some stage during that first quarter, and Jack will be there just as a foil and. Uh, you know, what more can you do? There's, this is not a normal season. You, you can't just, you know, it was the same with the, with the signing of Jeremy Kendall. Like, you, you just, who, who I think, you know, who I, I don't mind. I think with what you, you, what you have to choose from, you know, he, he gives you something. So, yeah, he, he's not meant to be a saviour. His insurance, mm-hmm. he comes in, he gives you a big man that can shoot the ball. We do need perimeter shooting, so so that's uh you know, and and hopefully in the minutes he gets, you know, he can he can help us out. Okay, um, before I wrap it up, Scott, I'm gonna throw one curly one at you to, to finish off the show this week. Um, when Brandon Paul arrives, do you stick with Tony Crocker or do you keep Jeremy Kendall? <laughs> oh dear, well I'm not. Uh, oh, that's a really interesting one because you know. Paul surely comes in as a starter. I mean, you know, you don't bring yep. a guy in that quality and, and not just throw him the keys and let him do his thing, which to me puts Crocker to the bench. Now, once again, I don't, mm. I don't, I'm saying this without any knowledge of what Connor and James. The only thing that might have changed now is that maybe he starts as the four now without Humphreys. Potentially. Look, I mean, let, yeah. let, I mean let's, let's address it too. Crocker, Crocker just can't have ten points and five rebounds, and yeah, you know, we need more than that out of him. And I know Connor stood up for him after that last game and said it was on him. Uh, you know, he needed to get uh, Crocker ten to fifteen shots, and that's you know, that's that's a great thing for him to do as a coach. You know, the reality is that he had to, he didn't he did not play well. He had he had a lot of. Uh, yeah, a lot of friends in that game mm. as well. But uh, we have to have more out of that position. I mean, there's just, I'm not sugar going to sugarcoat it. 
we need more out of Crocker, whether it's from what he's doing on the court, but he, he's also had plenty of minutes as well. So I, it's a, it's. I mean, Kendall was brought in as a short-term replacement. I, I don't mind Kendall because I think it gives us another ball handler, someone that's looking for players. You know, you know he's going to get customary turnover and maybe the odd air ball mm. and, and that, but like, you know, he's going to bring you energy. I, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a really tricky one. I'm sure they're going to stay with Crocker. Don't don't get me wrong. But what would I do? Well, it's it's not that's not up to me to decide anymore. Like I, I'm not in a sanctum. I don't see what he does on a day to day basis. I know Connor loves him as a defensive player. I think I, I think that's okay if he's got the right defensive matchup. I I, I don't like seeing him when he's defending a shooter because I think he lose vision occasionally. But you know, like he's one he's helped us win some games. With uh, you know ball handlers and, and you know the Websters, you know going back a, a few games, oh, I think that's a really tricky one. And it's probably you know it's, he was probably brought in to play a role because at that stage we had Sloan, who was meant to be well, a better offensive threat. Yeah, yeah, you know, he was meant to be different. So it's 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 a tricky one. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, it's probably not a question I can really answer. I I mm. I just hope that. And I guess these next two games will have a clearer light. I think they're auditioning in a lot of ways over these next couple of games. I think we'll have a clearer light on on what what yeah. why we need to go. I think it's I think, and I talk about Kendall as well. I think he takes pressure off Josh Giddy. You know, but once again, he's an eighteen year old. Like yeah, you know, we know we know he's yeah you know, we know he's going to be a star. We know he's going to at some stage be in the NBA. But you know, maybe. Just handing the keys to him completely now that Sloane's gone, we we've seen that hasn't necessarily worked all that well. Maybe a Kendall can help that, but uh, yep, yeah, it's uh, mate, we're, we're about three or four days away from uh, I guess having a, having the next conversation, aren't we? Yeah, I think it'll become a lot clearer when we're back here next week after the the last two games, and then all of a sudden, sort of Brandon Paul's already in quarantine, so he's in the country. He's not. He's probably only two weeks away now from from playing, so it'll all become clear pretty soon. But been a lot to get through, Scott. This was a this was a big show in a, in a lot of ways. So I'm glad that we got through it, and I hope that the 36ers fans um, tuned in to listen, and I hope that we. We gave you some honesty about what we're seeing, but also some some hope for the future. So let's look ahead to starting against the Aurora Hawks now on Thursday night at the NBL Cup. And I'll sign off for another week. I'm Chris Pike and, and leave you with the, the trusty words of, of Scott Ninnis. Oh, mate, look, you have to be optimistic. I mean, you know, whether you're a coach, a player, a fan, you know, you or me, I mean, you know, that's, that's the only way you can go forward. And you always have that. This is the beauty of this game is that you always have a chance to redeem yourself. I mean, I've played in games where we've lost that last game of the year. You've lost that grand final. We've been eliminated in the finals game. And there's a finality about that. But that doesn't happen during the season. During the season, you know, there's always something you can do after that loss or after getting your ass kicked. Or even after a win, you get to play another day. And I think that's that's... What I love about uh, this whole thing at the moment, this bubble and playing these quick games, is we can come out and we can change it around. You know, by Sunday, we could be back mm-hmm. talking about, you know, how great everything's going. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with a glass half full thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I'm also a little bit realistic because we, 
we have some work to do, but let's see how we go when we're talking uh, talking next week.